podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. FPL is officially back, the game is live and we can start building our teams for a new campaign. A very warm welcome to listeners who are tuning in for the first time, especially if this is your first foray into the crazy world of Fantasy Premier League. Enjoy the ride. Welcome back to long-term listeners as well. It's great to have you on board for what is sure to be another roller coaster season. When the season does kick off, which is August 11th, there will be a podcast every Monday and every Friday. Monday's at midday and after the pressers on Friday, so make sure you hit subscribe for those. There will be plenty of pre-season podcasts coming your way also. Today's show is a reaction to the player prices. Then next week, when we've had some time to digest those prices, I'll record an episode which will include my first watch list for 23-24 and the all-important first draft. Before I get into the player prices and answer some of your questions, I just want to mention the special offer at the moment at Fantasy Football Scout. There's a 30% discount if you sign up in pre-season. I've been a member for as long as I can remember and I highly recommend you doing so. You've got all the tools you need there for a successful Fantasy Premier League season. I will be doing a weekly article and also some video appearances on Scout this season as well. Right, time to talk about some of these prices and my initial reaction. So I'm not going to mention every single player in the game. I'm only going to talk about the fantasy relevant ones, the ones I think we will be looking at for our Game Week 1 squads. Just going to go position by position. So I'll start off with the goalkeepers and I'll kind of go in price brackets. So I'll start with the most expensive ones and I'll work my way down. You know, when it comes to midfielders and defenders, for example, I won't spend too much time on you know 4.5 and 5 million options because I think overall the prices again are quite kind. So I think we will be able to basically build our starting 11 from the top five, six, seven teams in the league. So I don't think we need to be looking too much at you know 4.5 and 5 million options. Goalkeepers, first of all, always. Always a position I find quite tricky in game week one. It's it's kind of hard to get it right from the outset. And I do like to try and pick a goalkeeper and stick with them until the first wild card. I usually go for a 4.5 and a 4 million backup. But if there's an attractive 5 million option, I'm willing to pay an extra 0.5. And I think my initial reaction, that is the case. Because Aaron Ramsdale at Arsenal is 5 million. When the likes of Ederson, Allison, and Nick Pope are at 5.5. So I think when you've got a goalkeeper from the team that finished second in the league last year, could easily have been 5.5 like the others. I think that's going to make Ramsdale a very, very popular pick in game week one. I think there's a very good chance he could be in my squad. Now, probably the only reason he won't be in my squad is if I start building the other positions in the team and I'm 0.5 million short, I'll just move down to a 4.5 option. So Ederson, Allison, and Pope are in the top bracket for goalkeepers. I don't see myself paying a premium for any of those. Ramsdale, I think, is the best 5 million option. Elsewhere at 5 million, you've got Emmy Martinez at Aston Villa. 
his future's kind of in the balance, might not be at Aston Villa, so we need to wait and see what happens there. Kepa at Chelsea, if he does remain number one, which it looks like he's going to do so, I think he's a decent option there as well, at the same price as Ramsdale. You've got last season's hero, David Raya, but will he be at Brentford? Will he even be in the Premier League? Another one just to wait and see. I thought Jose Saad Wolves was overpriced at five. I thought he should have been 4.5 with the others. And at Tottenham, not a team I expect to keep too many clean sheets. Both of their goalkeepers, Loris and the new guy, Vasario, are, have come in at five million also. So I don't think there'll be too much interest there. And it might not be clear who's first choice to start the season anyway. So in terms of the 5.5 million and the 5 million goalkeepers, to me, my early thoughts are Ramsdale is the standout. Now, another reason why people might end up not going for Ramsdale you might want two Arsenal attackers who are good value also. And Gabriel is only 5 million in their defence. Also Zinchenko. So you might not have a spot for Ramsdale if you want to go for those other Arsenal assets. If I end up needing a 0.5 million, where will I go if I go for a 4.5 goalkeeper? The options I've picked out are Pickford, Leno, Sam Johnston, Flecken at Brentford if... David Raya leaves, which I think probably will happen. And you've also got the Brighton goalkeepers. There's three Brighton goalkeepers at 4.5 because they've signed a new guy, Varbruggen, as well. Uh, and again, it might be a bit unclear on who's going to start the season as a Brighton goalkeeper, but you would imagine it would be steel from the end of last year. So in terms of 4.5 options, again, initial instincts are Pickford probably stands out in a Sean Dice team, can rack up the saves and possibly the bonus. Leno had a very good season last year. If you could replicate that, he'd be a very good goalkeeper option. I think I owned Johnston for one game week last year on the free hit, and he got me a 10-pointer, so I've got a, certainly got a soft spot for him. If he remains first choice under Hodgson, which he probably will, I think he could be a good option there as well. Looking at the 4 million options just very briefly, the only one that caught my eye was Ariola. We've kind of, a lot of us have been kind of waiting for Ariola to take over from Fabianski, and it's never really happened. And it still might not happen this year. But I think the West Ham goalkeeper situation is one to keep an eye on. If they sign someone, if Ariola gets lots of pre season minutes, you could even go for both because Fabianski's 4.5 and Ariola, the backup, is 4 million. So you could just go for both of those. Uh, dare I say it, it's like going for Ward and Everson, and whichever one plays, at least you know you're going to have a goalkeeper. Although, West Ham guys are 0.5 more expensive than the 8 million Leicester double-up. Anyway, I really shouldn't mention the Leicester double-up. Too many scars there from last season. But certainly, Pickford, Leno and Johnston stand out to me, and then I'll see what happens with the West Ham situation as well. But to summarise goalkeepers, Ramsdale, if I can afford him, I think we'll be, have a very good chance of being in my game at one squad. Moving on to the defenders now. Trent Alexander-Arnold has got a price rise to 8 million. I think he's the most expensive defender since the days of Vidic and maybe Leighton Baines. He's not the most expensive defender ever. I'm pretty sure that was John Terry back in his heyday. Trent, even with a price rise, I think is a must-have and almost certainly will be one of the first names in my team sheet. 
I think he is worth the eight million. He's been an eight million asset for a while anyway. I think if he was eight point five million, he'd probably still be in my team. So don't need, don't need to speak about him too much. But I'll come back to him when I mention the other Liverpool defensive options. The next price bracket is six point five million. We have got Trippier, who was a boss for the first half of last season and then kind of tailed off. And you've also got Robertson at Liverpool. So Robertson, 1.5 million cheaper than Trent. Again, if you're stuck for cash for midfielders and forwards, I don't think it's a terrible idea to go for Robertson over Trent. But I think if you can at all, you pay the extra for the premium asset. Trippier and Newcastle's fixtures are pretty terrible to start the season. So... I don't think many will go there to begin with, which could make him quite a nice differential if he can trump those fixtures and get a few points in the first three or four game weeks. But certainly, I don't think Trippier will be in my game week one squad. He'll be one of those where when Newcastle's fixtures improve, that's when he'll become an option again. And even at 6.5 million, if he can get anywhere close to where he was in the last campaign in terms of points and performances, I think he'll still be a popular FPL pick. In the 6 million bracket, you've got Virgil van Dijk. So again, when you compare van Dijk to Trent, a 2 million saving is a lot of cash. And a lot of people won't give this any thought and they'll just pick Trent and just completely ignore van Dijk. He's probably a player that's been overlooked quite a lot in FPL over the years because of the fullbacks. But if you go back and look at van Dijk's points, they're never you know hugely behind the, the fullbacks. He's always... You know, he's a decent goal threat. He's probably one of the best centre-backs in the league in terms of goal threat. So if you can get, you know, if you can if you can have a very good season and get three, four, five goals and, you know, an assist or two thrown in as well, he can, you know, prove to be better value than Trent, you know, spending six million rather than eight million. So what I would say is don't rule Van Dijk out when you're looking at your defensive picks. In the 5.5 million bracket, you've got a few exciting options in particular at Chelsea Rhys James and Chilwell are both 5.5 both are very exciting options but they always feel like options that could really come back to bite you as well in terms of injury and stuff like that so most of us have Rhys James scars but most of us are also very excited by the prospects of having him having him in our FPL team every season because we know what he's capable of when he's on the pitch so James and Chilwell will certainly be in the thinking. I won't be going for the double up, but I think it'll be one of those. The first couple of drafts I put together won't have a Chelsea defender. When it gets to the final week before the season starts, the temptation will be strong to go for a James or a Chilwell, especially when the fixtures are good for Chelsea. So that's one to come back to closer to the start of the campaign. Keep an eye on their fitness in the preseason games. Luke Shaw is also 5.5 million, had a very good campaign last year. Could have arguably been 6 million, and I don't think anyone would have been too bothered. So I think Shaw at 5.5 is a pretty solid pick at any point in the campaign. Quite surprised Ben White is 5.5. I think they've probably priced him out of the game. When you've got Gabriel at 5, you're not going to pay an extra 0.5 for Ben White. They've got Timber coming in from Ajax now as well, so need to see how that impacts White's minutes. So, yeah, White, to me, is a bit of a mistake. They should have made him the same price as Gabriel. You know, both of them 5 million or both of them 5.5. Both of them really should have been 5.5, I think, playing that defence. And likewise, Ramsdale probably should have been 5.5 also. 
At Manchester City, you've got Ruben Diaz and John Stones, who are both 5.5 as well. If John Stones continues to play in this kind of more advanced defensive midfield role, I think he will be a popular pick come game week one. In the 5 million bracket, lots of attractive options. You've got a Stupinen, who was really good last year. I think he'll end up in my first draft when I put next week's podcast together. Lewis Dunk's teammate is also five, so I think you're always going to go for the wing back in that scenario. They probably should have put uh, a 0.5 difference there. They probably should have made Dunk 4.5 and left a Stupinen at five, or you know, 5.5 and five to give us a decision to make. At Arsenal, Gabriel, Saliba and Zinchenko are all five million. Again, I think all three are underpriced with Ramsdale. Double ups in the Arsenal defence, I think, will be popular and very viable. At Manchester City, Ake and Akanji are five million. Decent options there as well. Minutes are always a bit of a nightmare with Pep, though. Fabian Scher, who had a pretty decent season last year, despite not scoring, despite having about 99 shots. I know that because he was in my team for most of the season and I'm still waiting for him to hit the back of the net, even though we're, we're in the summertime now and it's definitely not going to happen. Fabian Scherer is five. I don't think very many are going to go there because his teammate Botman is 4.5. Again, I think that's a mistake. Botman should have been five along with Fabian Scherer. Moreno at Aston Villa is also an attractive option of five million. A very attack-minded fullback who really caught the eye towards the end of last season. I think when you do a Moreno versus a Stupinen decision, to me they're pretty similar FPL assets. So I think that will be a debate going into the season as well. And finally in the 5 million bracket, you've got Pedro Porro at Tottenham. Again, very attacking fullback. Was taking corners towards the end of the season as well. Could have easily been 5.5. So I think at 5, that makes him attractive also. In the 4.5 bracket, like I said, I think Botman is the standout. Should have been 5 million. So if you're looking at... I think a lot of people will probably look at a 3-5-2 formation. I think your first sub could be Botman uh, for most of the season. And, you know, very good chance of him getting you clean sheets when you do need him off the bench. Keep an eye on the guys at Chelsea. They've got quite a few 4.5 options in Badi Ashile, Fafana and Colwell. So if any of those three establish themselves as first choice under Pochettino, they will be in every single FPL team. So just keep those guys on the watch list. Juan Basaka, if he's first choice at Manchester United, another decent option at 4.5, although there'll probably always be a bit of rotation with Dallow around Europe and stuff like that. Lots of 4.5 options at Tottenham as well, but they don't really excite me. You've got Dyer, Sanchez and Ben Davis, among others. Cresswell caught the eye as well at West Ham, down to 4.5. Probably the cheapest he's ever been, but he is aging in his FPL career now so you've got Emerson there as well so they might share some game time but if, again if Cresswell gets lots of game time good option at 4.5 with that thrusty left foot of his at 4 million I think Bayer at Burnley at the moment looks our best bet of a starting defender played most of the Burnley games in the championship last season and you've got Bell at Luton as well but yeah I think Bayer will be in my first draft as my 4 million defender. So in summary, Trent's probably going to be on my team. Bayer will probably be my 4 million defender. And then it's what do you do with the other spots? I like a Stupinen. I like Gabriel at 5 million. Temptation to go for a Chelsea wing back. And again, Moreno's a decent option there as well. And Botman, I think if I go three defenders, Botman will probably be my fourth defender 
on the bench. Again, very early thoughts here, and we know how much can change between now and the start of the season. But it's good. I think it's good to do a first draft, get your first thoughts down, and then you can refer to them in game week one, just before game week one starts. Ask yourself, you know, why have your thoughts changed compared to your first initial thoughts? Moving on now to the midfielders. The most expensive one is the king of FPL, Mohamed Salah. He's had a 0.5 million price drop to 12.5 million. That was a bit of a surprise. Could have easily stayed at 13. I'm not seeing him in very many teams at all. You know, people that are posting their first drafts, a lot of people are going for Haaland. Lots of, you know, 8 to 9 million midfielders. They're going for Trent. So they're not really finding a space for Salah because of his price tag and those cheaper prices elsewhere. But it's a dangerous thing to do to get, to go against Mohamed Salah, given what he's done in FPL over the last four, five, six seasons. So certainly don't just automatically rule him out because of the other options and because it is tricky to fit him in. I think what you'll see is you'll probably have a lot of people at this time of the season with you know five weeks to go who don't have Salah in any of their drafts and then when it gets closer to the start of the season you'll probably start to see him appear in more and more so I don't think Salah will be in my first draft but again like I said when it comes to the actual closer to the season I'll be giving him a lot more thought at 10.5 million you've got Kevin De Bruyne that seems expensive when you compare him to the others who I'm going to talk about now, so I don't think De Bruyne will make it. He's injured anyway. There's talk that he might not make the start of the season because of that hamstring injury, so that probably makes that decision for us. At £9 million, you've got Rashford and Heung-Min Son. Rashford was incredible last year at a £6.5 million price tag. He's back up to 9 now, where he should be. Heung-Min Son, could Heung-Min Son be this season's Rashford? Because he's had a £3 million price drop. Crazy to think Son started last season at 12 million. I think that I think I've got that right off the top of my head. These are two options I really like. Uh, Rashford in particular, given how good he was last season. And I'm quite hopeful that Son will come back stronger, injury-free, new manager, hopefully a new lease of life under Postacoglu, and hopefully we'll see him back to his best because he's one of my favourite players to own when he's on fire. So Rashford's and Son very much in the thinking for game week one. At 8.5 then, you've got Saka at Arsenal, Bruno Fernandes at Manchester United, and you've also got Odegaard at Arsenal as well. So Martinelli comes in at 0.5 cheaper than Saka and Odegaard, but I always feel like Martinelli's slightly more at risk from rotation than Saka and Odegaard. So I do think it's worth paying 0.5 more for one of those guys, and given that Saka's probably going to have penalties, again, one of my favourite players to own, played a big part in my recovery mission last season as a differential for most of it which was kind of surprising I think Saka is my preference here so I'd probably say Saka is number one from Arsenal in terms of the midfielders Odegaard second and probably Martinelli third Bruno Fernandes who once cost 12 million in the FPL is now just 8.5 his price really caught the eye but I think it was partly because it was the first one that was released alongside Odegaard when you see some of the other prices now it's maybe not as surprising, especially when Rashford's only 0.5 more. I think if you're making a decision between Rashford and Bruno, I think there might be a question on that later. 
I think my initial thought is, you know, spend the extra 0.5 and get Rashford because I would fancy him to outscore him. In particular, if United don't sign a new striker, we could see Rashford continue to play up top. But Bruno versus Rashford, I think, will be another debate as we get closer to the season. Saka, definitely going to be in my first draft when I do that podcast next week. Elsewhere in the 8 million bracket, alongside Martinelli, you've got Diogo Jota, who I'm pretty sure was a forward last year reclassified now to a midfielder there's just way too much rotation in the Liverpool midfield for my liking 7.5 million price bracket James Madison at Tottenham you've got three City midfielders Foden, Grealish and Mares, Luis Diaz at Liverpool and Havertz at Arsenal so quite a few interesting options there the standout to me is probably Madison and again by going Madison over Hyungman Son, you save yourself 1.5 million. And that is quite attractive. I was expecting Madison possibly to be 8 million, which would have made it a more difficult decision. But I think when Madison is 1.5 million less than Son, I probably would lean towards the former Leicester City talisman. Luis Diaz, same reasons as Jota, too much rotation for my liking in that Liverpool attack. So if I'm going for a Liverpool attacker, it's probably going to be Salah. Or maybe a Gakpo up front, who I'll talk about later. Havertz at Arsenal again. How much game time is he going to get? He probably he's probably going to get a significant amount, but it it does muddy the waters a little bit in that Arsenal attack. Throwing Havertz into the mix alongside the likes of Trossard there as well. So probably going to avoid avoid Havertz to begin with, and go for someone more secure like Isaka. In this, in terms of the Man City midfielders, most of us are going to have Haaland. Some of us might opt for a John Stones. The question then is, do you gamble on a midfielder? Gundogan's gone. De Bruyne might miss the start of the season. You know, does that open the door for a Phil Foden to be a good option? You know, he's pretty quiet FPL season last year. Injured for a lot of it. We know how good he has been. Probably the season before that, he was he was very very good in terms of FPL. Grealish doesn't do enough for me as an FPL asset, but probably pretty good for game time. Mares again, probably play you're going to buy and hold long term. You know, take the benches on the chin and then get the 15 pointers that go along with it when he does play. So, Foden, very interesting. Going to watch Foden's minutes carefully pre season. If he's getting a lot of them, you know, he might be worth a gamble game week one if De Bruyne is not fit. Seven million price bracket. Jared Bowen stands out. You've got Raheem Sterling. Sterling is seven million. He once cost 12 million. Five million cheaper than he was, I think it was 2019-2020. There's still a good player in there, and hopefully we can see that under new manager Pochettino. Mason Mount, who's joined Manchester United, is also 7 million, as is Kulisevsky and Richarlison at Tottenham. A new Liverpool signing, Zoboslai. I need to work on that pronunciation. FPL content creators did not like that signing because we're going to have to say that name quite often. Might just call him Dominic. I'm pretty sure that is his first name, which is much easier. Out of these guys, Jared Bowen, I like. Sterling, probably a wait and see. Mason Mount, also a wait and see when you've got Rashford and Bruno as options in the Man United midfield. Richarlison's probably interesting. If Hurricane leaves, Richarlison could break the game because if Hurricane does leave, Richarlison could become the number one striker at Tottenham if they don't sign a replacement. Now, they probably would sign a replacement given the money that they would get. But certainly keep an eye on the Richarlison Hurricane situation because at 7 million could be a gem. Hopefully we see 
better from Kulisevsky than we did last season. God, he's, he's a cracking player and he's got certainly got the potential to be a very good FPL asset as well. And the new Liverpool guy, again, probably just a wait and see like I do with most players joining the Premier League for the first time. Although Erling Haaland didn't do too badly last season. You've got to have some exceptions to your rules. In the 6.5 million price bracket in midfield, Matoma, probably the standout. Seven goals, nine assists last season. Very keen to go back there. His teammates, Solly March and Pascal Gross, are also 6.5. Mbumo is going to be very popular because he's been reclassified to a midfielder. Tony suspended until January. And Mbumo very quietly got nine goals and nine assists last season. I think he got something like 17 bonus points as well. So if Bumo can continue his form from the end of last season as a 6.5 million midfielder, he could be a really good option. Eze at Palace has got a six has got a, a price rise of 1 million to 6.5 because he finished the season so strongly. Not overly keen on him. I think I'd prefer Matoma or Mbumo. And then you've also got Miggy Almiron at Newcastle, who smashed it in the first half of last season and then did absolutely nothing when I bought him after the restart. So in the 6.5 bracket, I think the standouts very clearly are Matoma at Brighton and Mbumo at Brentford. Down to the 6 million midfield bracket, I'll just fly through these. I was very surprised to see Brennan Johnson be reclassified as a midfielder. I really don't understand that, you know, he is a forwards. Anytime I watch him, he's playing pretty close to goal. But again, maybe they're just giving us another option in midfield because very unlikely that we would pick him if he was a forward in FPL with the other option. So good to see him reclassified. And if he gets significant minutes, really good player. He's only going to get better. So I think Brennan Johnson at 6 million is very, very interesting. Gibbs White, likewise, very good player. But again, if you're going to have an out-of-position Brennan, you're going to go for him over Gibbs White, I think. McAllister, who's moved to Liverpool from Brighton, is also 6 million. Don't like him as much at Liverpool as I did at Brighton because you don't really want McAllister to take one of your Liverpool spots when you want to get Trent, Salah and probably one of their other attackers as well. Jacob Ramsey, one to keep an eye on at Aston Villa. Very good season last year and I expect him also to kick on this year. He has picked up an injury at the under-21 European Championship, so keep an eye on that as well. And finally, 5.5 million bracket, last season's 4.5 million hero, Andres Pereira, who got four goals and 10 assists. I still think he could be a good option at 5.5 million. If you're building your team and you end up with just 5.5 million left to spend on the last midfield spot, I think you could do a lot worse than getting Andres Pereira. You've also got Enciso at Brighton. He's been reclassified to a midfielder. Very exciting prospect. I'm sure there's lots of big teams sniffing around him, given the season he had last year and some of the goals he scored. So Enciso, again, it all comes down to minutes. I don't think I'd go there in game week one, but if we get to game week four, game week five, and he's getting lots of starts, he will probably emerge as the best cheap midfielder at 5.5. In summary, the midfielders... Salah's probably not going to be in my first draft. Rashford and Son will fit both of them in if possible, but probably unlikely. Saka, almost locked into my game week one team, I would say. Madison's decent option, I like. At 7 million, again, probably not going to go for a 7 million option. Bowen, Sterling, Mason Mount, those guys, they don't really appeal to me massively. I like the 6.5 guys more 
Matoma and Mbumo. So probably going to have at least one of Matoma and Mbumo. Might even end up with both. And then as a fifth midfielder, I think this. hopefully the 6.5 guy will be my fifth midfielder. And I don't have to drop down to you know 4.5, 5.5 for that position. So I think I will be trying to fit in five midfielders at 6.5 million and above. So might have to cut some corners in defence and up front for those reasons. Moving on to the forwards now. The main man, Erling Haaland, has been bumped up to 14 million. Initially, I thought that was great for the game, but when you see all the other players pretty cheap, I don't think it makes much difference, really. Haaland, absolutely 100% in my Game Week 1 team. At 12.5 million, you've got Harry Kane. Very hard to fit Harry Kane in if you're going for Haaland up front as well. But again, certainly shouldn't be ruled out if he does stay at Tottenham. Had an absolutely smashing season last year. I think he only finished about nine points behind Haaland in the end. Then the forwards drop all the way down to eight million. Gone are the days when we had loads of 10 plus million forwards. At eight million, you've got Jesus at Arsenal, Watkins at Villa, Wilson at Newcastle, and the band Ivan Tony at Brentford for the second half of the season. So in the eight million brackets, Wilson and Isak, difficult fixtures, possible rotation, probably not going to go there. Jesus, I think I prefer Saka, Odegaard, Ramsdale, defenders, so probably won't go for Jesus either. Tony's banned, so process of elimination. Watkins is my favourite 8 million forward, but maybe there's better options at 7.5. You've got Nkunku at Chelsea, very exciting addition to the Premier League. Isak, Mitrovic, and at Liverpool you've got Gakpo and Darwin at 7.5. So again, not overly keen on Newcastle strikers to begin with, mainly due to fixtures. Mitrovic at 7.5 to me seems a little bit expensive. I thought he should have been 7, possibly even could have stayed 6.5, so you may not have penalties anymore. He's a little bit crazy, could do anything on any given day and get you a red card, so that's slightly off-putting as well. Um, Lots of injuries last season also so not going to go for Mitrovic to begin with and then at Liverpool uh, I think Gakpo's attractive but again there's lots of rotation there with Diaz and all the other guys so again process of elimination I think Nkunku at Chelsea even though I don't usually go for you know new strikers or or new players to to FPL if I haven't seen too much of them and I haven't seen too much of Nkunku um, but again you know, the, from the clips you watch and the reports you read and for the people who played you know, Champions League Fantasy, Bundesliga Fantasy, this guy looks to be underpriced at 7.5 million. So I think a front two of Haaland and Nkunku is attractive. And, you know, you can take, it up, take a punt on Nkunku and if it doesn't work out, you do have players like Gakpo, Mitrovic and Isak that you can, you can jump to if it doesn't pay off. Chelsea's fixtures are good, so I think there's a decent chance I'll go for a punt on Nkunku alongside Haaland in game week one but again I don't usually watch too many pre-season games and I don't put too much weight on it but I think Chelsea in particular this season with so many changes new manager I think they're a team I'm going to be keeping an eye out if if their games are on I'll be keeping an eye on it and watching closely players like Sterling and Nkunku for possible gems in FPL season because they're all very cheap they could be this season's Arsenal 
Um, so yeah, Nkunku, very, very interesting. Also at Chelsea at 7 million, you've got the new striker Jackson. So again, see what he looks like in pre-season and what his minutes are like. Dropping down then to 6.5 million, you've got Dominic Solanke. Don't really see myself going there unless I really, really need the funds. But if I really, really need the funds, I think I'll just cut corners elsewhere rather than buying Dominic Solanke. And at 6 million, you've got Calvert-Lewin. If Calvert-Lewin can get himself fit and stay fit, he would be really useful FPL-wise because then we could put him alongside Haaland and have loads of cash for midfield and defence. So hopefully he has a good pre-season and hits the ground running in game week one. Also at 6 million, Ferguson at Brighton. Very highly rated player. Looks the real deal. But again, I think there will be a bit of rotation there for Ferguson, given that he's young. And Deserby does like to rotate, so don't really have much interest there in Ferguson. I think it'd be more likely to go for Calvert-Lewin than Ferguson at this stage. But again, fitness dependent. So in summary, strikers I don't think is too tricky because I think most managers will go 3-5-2. Certainly that's my initial thought, go for go for 3-5-2 because there's so many good midfield options. So it's Haaland takes away one of those spots. So basically, only need to pick one forward for my team and possibly in Kunku maybe I find a 0.5 for you know a possibly safer pick like an Ollie Watkins um or, yeah I don't really see myself taking a punt in Calvert-Lewin so yeah it's probably probably Haaland and Nkunku or Haaland and Watkins um yeah unlikely to go Wilson or Jesus game week one again just seeing all these prices for the first time today so the the juices are starting to flow here. My brain's starting to tell me all kinds of things. But yeah, initial thoughts, probably Haaland and Nkunku or Haaland and Watkins. But again, let's see. There could be more new signings and new forwards for us to choose from by the time we get to August. Time to answer some of your questions now. And if you do want your question featured on the podcast this season... Each week, before each episode, I just put out a tweet on my Twitter, at FPL General, for questions. Send them in there, and I pick out the best ones for each episode. Question from Sean Henderson. Have FPL Towers catered too much for the casual managers? The prices seem pretty reasonable for midfielders especially. Do you feel it could get a little template again? Yeah, I do think. I think the first day of price releases was Monday. I was quite hopeful. I was quite happy. Trent was expensive. Haaland was expensive. But then on Tuesday, I think the Arsenal guys came out. You know, Zinchenko was cheap. Saka was cheap. And then that kind of continued in that trend until the game launched. So, yes, Trent and Haaland and some of the others got a bit of a bump. But a lot of the others are very, very affordable. So, a lot of people are moaning about it. There's no point moaning. We're never going to get what we want as hardcore managers. There's still many leagues to win. There's still overall rank to achieve. We've got the chips we've been dealt and we just play the game. You know, we stop moaning, play the game. If it bothers you that much, you really shouldn't be playing FPL. Again, I still think there's plenty of scope for variety. You know, we're looking at first drafts now and you might a lot of them might look the same, but we have no idea what the season is going to bring. Um, you know, look at Newcastle last season, look at Brighton last season, you know, the cheaper Arsenal guys. There's players now that are not in any game week one drafts who will emerge as some of the best value picks in the game. So it might feel template going into the season. There's always going to be a template because of fixtures mainly. 
and player prices and the fact that we can afford lots of players on the big teams. But honestly, don't give it too much thought. Don't worry about it. Just play your own game. Um, you know, the template's there to be broken. The template's there to be beaten. So that's the way you should think about it. And I mean, let's face it, the template a lot of the time is formed by, you know, lots and lots of content creators having similar teams. But when's the last time you've seen a content creator actually win FPL? So always keep that in mind. You know, the template is there to be beaten. So aim to beat it, not to match it. That should be the approach. Question from Owen Gold. How much do you think about keeping your squad flexible for game week one on the basis that, that there are always players we want around game week three that aren't even on the radar before the season starts? Any tips for building a squad which keeps your options open? Yeah, flexibility is probably one of the most important things when you're building a game week one squad. And I'll touch on more of this in future pre-season podcasts. I'll probably touch on a you know a price point approach. So you might hear content creators, podcasters, and you know people writing content over the next few weeks talking about price points, and that's basically kind of building your squad around prices instead of the players. You know, you might want an you know eight million defender, a five point five defender, a four point five, and then two four million defenders. You might want you know a, an expensive striker and a mid price striker, and then a dud striker, and you kind of pick the players afterwards. Um, so again, my initial thought this season. There's loads and loads of good midfielders. I'm going to want to jump around them a lot. So I want as many as possible. So I probably will set up with five starting midfielders in my team. And again, it'll be flexible. I won't have, I probably won't have, you know, five midfielders that all cost 8 million and above. And again, Salah's a good example here. You might want to have Salah because if you have the most expensive midfielder in the game, you can jump to any other midfielder later. That goes for Trent, that goes for Haaland in the other positions also. But certainly do keep your team flexible when it comes to game week one. For example, if you go with a strike force of Haaland, Kane and Watkins, let's just say, that means your midfield is going to be pretty light in terms of cash. And if you if if you end up wanting some of the more expensive midfielders, it's quite hard to start moving your cash from the strikers into the midfielders. So always try and get a bit of a balance and maybe just decide where you want to spend most of your cash. You can do that as well. You might want not want to go as heavy in midfield as I do. You might be, you know, dead set on getting three good strikers rather than having one for the bench. So again, comes down to personal preference here, but certainly do keep things flexible. Question from Luke Street. Is Haaland essential? Should we just be saying it's 86 million to spend on 14 players? Yeah, I put out that tweet a few days ago. I do think it's 86 million to spend on 14 players. I actually think it's probably get Haaland, get Trent, possibly even Saka, and then build your team around the rest. So yeah, I do think Haaland is essential. I just simply think he's too good. If he was 15 million, I would probably have him as well. If he was 16 million, I'd probably have him because captaincy is so important in FPL and he's such a reliable captain. If he stays fit, you might end up captaining him 30 times out of 38 game weeks. So I just think, I think he's worth it. And I think he's worth it because the others are cheap. If the other midfielders and stuff were more expensive, then it would be more of a decision. You could make a case for Harry Kane, for example, instead of Haaland. But for me, when the others are cheap... When Haaland's the best captain most game weeks, I think you just don't overthink it and you just buy him. Question from Taki LFC. Is Trent worth 8 million given he retains his hybrid role this season? He could be an extra attacking midfielder. Yeah, hopefully he does. I mean, it doesn't bother me 
kind of what role Trent plays because as long as he's on the pitch, he's got the potential to do absolutely anything FPL-wise. Goals, assists, clean sheets, bonus points. Again, to me, Trent is essential alongside Erling Haaland. Question from Stuart. Will you be going with Sonny? Uh, yeah, new listeners. I had a little boy back in March and we, we called him Sonny. Um, obviously, part of the part of the reason for that was because Hyungman Son is one of my favourite players. I don't tell my wife that very often, but of course it played a very small part in the decision. Um, again, one of my favourite players to watch, one of my favourite players to own in FPL when he's doing well, and I like his price point. You know, three, three million downgrade on last season. If I can make it work, when the fixtures are good... I'm probably more likely to own Son than other managers because because my little man is called Sonny. So, yeah, I'm hoping he comes back with a bang. I'm hoping he has a big season and I'm hoping he's in my team quite often. And I'm, I'm definitely open to starting the season with him. Uh, obviously, much easier to afford Youngman's son from the Tottenham attack than it is Harry Kane. So, yeah, going to watch him closely pre-season also. Question from FPL Tortoise. I like that name because slow and steady wins the race when it comes to FPL. If picking one 5.5 million defender, is it James, Chilwell or Luke Shaw to start the season? Again, the safe manager in me, the boring manager in me probably goes for a Luke Shaw. The more exciting manager takes a risk on a Chilwell or a Reese James. When it gets closer to the season, we will have a much better read on that decision. If Reese James is looking 100% fit, if he's getting plenty of minutes pre-season, I think he's definitely worth the risk because the potential is there for 15 pointers in any given game week. Likewise, Chilwell. I don't think Chilwell... I probably would put James ahead of Chilwell, but there's really not much in it when those two are on the pitch, FPL-wise. And some people might even go crazy and go for the double up, and you never know. It might just pay off this season. So for me, it's probably Shaw at the moment, but ask me that question again in August, and it might be James or Chilwell. Question from Will Corin: Which, if any, recently promoted teams players do you have your eye on? The short answer is absolutely none of them. I don't think there's any point even researching the promoted teams this season. And it was probably the same case last season because, like I said, the players are cheap. We can build a very good team with the best teams in the league. You don't need to look past 6th, 7th or 8th in the league last season when you're building your squad for this year. So you're only going to need promoted players for your bench. You know, someone like a buyer or a bell for your bench as a 4 million defender. Just let the promoted teams play a couple of games. Somebody might emerge, but chances are you won't even go for them anyway because you'll be picking players from better teams higher up the league. So I would just completely ignore promoted teams because I really don't think we need to go there. That is it for the questions. Before I wrap up the podcast, I just want to mention that creating FPL content is my full-time job. It has been for five years now. I'm extremely lucky to be able to call my hobby my job. If you'd like to support me on this journey and get lots of extra FPL content along the way, check out my Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash FPL general. Or you can simply just Google FPL General Patreon and you will find it. There's weekly live streams, ITS podcast, Q&As and lots more. Happy tinkering over the next few days. And I'll talk to you again next week with a watch list for Game Week 1 and a first draft. Podcast Network.